Oh, precious lamb. Mmm. How much y'all owe. Yeah, how much y'all owe. You would sacrifice your life for me? Really? For me? Man, how much I owe. But then the response becomes, I give you praise, right? If we really truly appreciate the life that God has now given us through his son Jesus, our response should be uh, to lose our minds and give him praise. Amen. 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 Choir, y'all reminded me. Thank you for praising Jesus and reminded me what a privilege it is to be here this morning. Amen. Amen. I'm solid word. How y'all doing? Huh? Everybody good? Amen. Sometimes I know how it is after a long weekend and some of us is looking about, uh-oh, in a few hours the clock is going to go off and I got to go back to work and some kids, we got to go back to school. But don't miss the moment. Please don't miss the moment, y'all, right now. Amen? Amen. Well, let's do this. I'm going to, I know Marcellus, and you did a wonderful job, brother. Thank you uh, for stepping in at the last moment. But uh, if you don't mind, can you stand, and I'm going to read it in a different translation. It's still the Word of God, right? Uh, but, but I've been uh, reading the New American Standard Bible, and I want to read it out there because it's something about reading God's Word and just hearing it for yourself. And I just, want to, I just want to hear it, if you guys can be patient with me, right? And before we start going into, before I read the Word, I just want to give you uh, just a quick background in terms of the text this morning. This is one of... Four, uh, Paul's uh, four epistles, right? His four letters. And this is one he writes again in prison. And uh, I'm sorry, this is one of four Paul's prison epistles. But this is uh, one that he wrote, wrote to the church in Ephesus, okay? And he wrote it around 60 AD, all right? And the main point that Paul was uh, writing for this particular audience, the church in Ephesus, right? was that he wanted the people then to understand the reason why they're blessed, right? And we'll talk a little bit about that, you know, the reason why they're blessed in Christ Jesus, right? So he spends the first three chapters talking about, you know, reminding us, right, why we're blessed, right? And then the last three chapters, because there's six chapters, he talks about, he reminds the people, because you're blessed in Christ Jesus, ha, ah, Here's the reason, here's the purpose why you're blessed, so you can live for Christ Jesus, right? And that's the part that we can't miss. But in the middle of this, in chapter 3, if we look at the last few uh, verses, he begins to tell us and reminds them then why, why it's so important. The only reason that we can live for Christ Jesus, right, it's a requirement, it's not an option, it's by the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, who dwells in our hearts, y'all. We will never be what God calls us to be by his own power. But he has to remind them because they're looking like some of us right now. I don't know if I can do this based on what some things that got going on in my life. So let me read again verses 14 through 19, again in chapter 3. Paul says this, it says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. He says, for whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. Verse 17, so that Christ 
may dwell in your hearts through faith in that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints, watch this, what is the breadth and length, height and depth, and to know the love of Christ, to know the love of Christ which surpasses all knowledge, all understanding. Why? That you may be filled up, complete, to all the fullness of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, we thank you for this day, God, that you have made. We will rejoice and be glad in it, Lord. God, thank you for reminding us, God, who we are in Christ Jesus, Lord. That the only reason why we're standing here today is because it's the Holy Spirit who's taken a hold of our hearts. God has given us the strength to persevere so we can look like the King of Kings, Lord. So we can be complete in God and know the love that surpasses all understanding. The question is, God, why would you want to love somebody like us this way? And God, how dare us come to you any cavalier way? And God, let us rejoice because we are the called. We are the blessed in Christ Jesus. And God, let us not miss the richness of the grace and the glory that comes with being blessed this morning. God, let us focus on you, God, so we'll be careful to give you all the praise and all the glory you deserve. We pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can let them in, Rodney. Praise God this morning. Again, I know it's the holiday season, y'all. Did y'all have a wonderful holiday? Did you get it in, y'all? Did your chitlins and the ham and all that other stuff? You know, I don't eat chitlins. Don't be looking at me. My wife does, though. She loves it. I'm going to talk about her, but that's not my thing. No, but I'm glad you guys did. You know, and here's the thing about uh, the holidays, right? It's a good time where families can come together, right? We laugh, we have good fellowship, we eat real good, but also we love on each other, right? We love on each other. And the thing that happens in my family, and I'm sure it happens in yours, is that once the day is over, right? Thanksgiving day is over, Christmas day, the family seems to go their separate ways, right? And we always say, how can we Come together more as a family. Why does it have to be on just a special occasion? Huh? There's 365 days. Why just this day? How can we come together more and love on each other, pray together, worship, right? And I know what you're saying. You say, Kenny, you just don't understand my busy schedule. We are some busy Christians, right? We got a lot of things that we, we were trying to do. And, you know, we're trying to go to jobs and families and we're dealing with our own struggles. Amen. You know, so it becomes difficult, right? But the question is, how do we come together and encourage each other in love? Not just for a season, right? But why can't this be a continual thing that we do, right? To come and love each other. Because here's what I know, is that this, we make time for things that we really want to do. You can get quiet on me if you want to, but think about it. If we really want to go to see that show, that concert, get whatever that is, we make time to do those things, right? But how, why is it seems to be forced the people of God, the family of God, 
that was difficult for us to come and love on each other and then serve as God has committed us to do. The question that we have to ask as believers is this. In the midst of our trials and living in an anti-Christ culture, I want to be careful when I say anti-Christ culture, a culture that says now what's right is wrong and what's wrong is right, how can we, how can we come together, the blessed, the church, the ecclesia, the ones that have been called out, right, the family of God, continue to come together and love and live Christ-like? That's the question, right? If we're blessed, how can we do that in this culture with all the stuff that we're dealing with personally and privately, right? You know, how, how can we do that? How do we come together? And I'm, go, I'm glad you asked, right? I'm glad you asked because Paul gives the answer in the text. And I'll just summarize kind of what we just read is this. is God the Father has graciously given his spirit to strengthen believers in Christ. To know and experience, let me say that again, to know and experience the love of Christ through faith in order for us to be complete in God. So together as one, right, we can love and live Christ-like, right? To love and live Christ-like. The love of Christ was graciously given so believers will know how to faithfully love and live Christ-like. That's the game. He saved us, y'all, for a purpose, right? But we can't miss his grace, y'all. We can't miss his grace. Let's look at the text real quick again. In, 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 in the very first verse, 14, Paul says this. He says to the church in Ephesus, he says, For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father. Did you see the grace in there? Huh? He says, for this reason, right? What Paul now is doing, he's going back to all the previous verses, all the things that he was saying to the blessed in Ephesus. He was telling them the reason why they're blessed, right? Because if you go back to chapter 1, and I know we don't have time to do that, he talks about the reason why they're blessed. He says, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, right? Not that one day you will be blessed. He said, you have already been blessed. Is, it, is that good news? Yeah. We've already been blessed with every, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, right? In Christ Jesus. And then he begins to talk, he begins to describe what that looks like, the love of Christ, right? He said, he chose you before the foundation of the world. He predestined you. He adopted you as son and daughters, right? He redeemed you by the precious blood of the lamb. He's done all these things. He said, you've already, church, the blessed, you've been blessed by Christ Jesus, but here's the point about it is that we can't miss it because sometimes, again, we're so cavalier about this thing. He tells us why in chapter 2. He said, even though you were dead in trespasses and sin, you were living to the desires of your own flesh, the way you think, the things that you do. He said, that was, your, that was our lives. He said, that's what you did. He says, but even that, that was our stories, you still are blessed. I still chose you. I still saved you. I still redeemed you. Why? Because in verse number two, I mean, sorry, uh, chapter number two, verse number four, I love this one, y'all. And this is the one that we keep 
I keep going back to when I hit that moment. It says, but God, but, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love, not his little love, y'all, but his great love, which he loved us, y'all. That's why we can come in here this morning. Because of that kind of love, y'all. And then in chapter 3, he begins to tell the church in Ephesus the reason, the mystery that was hidden long ago that now has been revealed because the precious lamb of the Lord Jesus Christ gave up of his life. So now Jews and Gentiles can now be in one together. He says, now you can be to one together. Then he goes back, he says, for this reason... I bow my knees to the Father, right? He wants them to understand. You see what I'm saying? You can't miss the context. You know, you can't miss the context. And he says this, I bow my knees to the Father, right? Because in verse number 12, he says, because we've been saved, he said, we can go boldly. We have confidence. We have access. Oh, to the throne throne of grace, y'all. Yes, yes, yes. It blows my mind. God, you would allow me to come into your presence? Really? We should have been consumed because of our sin, y'all. But he says, no, come to me. Come to me, right? Paul says, I can go to my daddy. And he says, not puffed up in pride, but I come to him and I bow my knees, a sign of humility. Sacrifice, submission, reverence. Ah, because who God is, y'all. Question that we have to answer this morning is, how do we come to our Father? Yeah, When we began to pray, is it we come any kind of way? Let me hurry up and get it in so I can get out. Or do we come, oh, I'm entering the presence of God with reverence. Saying, God, you should have consumed me, but you love me so much. You allow me not to just come one day, but you allow me to continue to come to you. Who would love us like that? Ah, he says, yes. He says, you come. We can come. He says, I bow my knees to the Father. Why, Paul? Then he says this. From whom every family in heaven on earth has derived their name from. Basically, Paul was saying this because... God sent his son, and the son saved sinners like us. He chose us. Now we are in the family of God. We are in the spiritual family. And he says those who are in heaven, those who already are now in the presence of the Lord all eternity, but even us here, he said we are all still one family. And again, the context is here. He's talking about Jews and Gentiles. But in today, we're talking about blacks. Whites, Hispanics, a diversity, a culture, a multiculture, that's his family. The problem that we struggle with, if we're honest with, we can love Jesus, but I can't necessarily love that kind of people, that race, right? I still have some hidden prejudice in me. And then we wonder why we can't come together as brothers and sisters. He says, wait a minute, Jews and Gentiles. Wait a minute, blacks, white, Hispanics, and all the other races. Y'all one family. Don't forget that. Yeah, don't forget that. And then Paul begins to get into this thing, y'all. He says this 
In verse number 16, he says, why? He says that he would grant you, God would grant you according to the riches of his glory, y'all, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man, y'all. Oh, man, he says this. He says, see, Paul says, and I believe in verse number 13, uh, he told the church in Ephesus, he says, look, you know, y'all don't have to trip because of my trials and my tribulations because I'm ministering for, for your glory, right? He says, look, uh, you, you look at me right now, and yes, I'm in prison, right? But don't lose your mind because God has given me his strength to persevere. I'm, I'm good, y'all. He says, well, now I, what I'm doing, I'm praying that you will realize, you will recognize that same strength that I got because that's the only reason while I'm still standing, that's why he begins to pray for their strength, y'all. He says power. In the verse number seven, it's the same power. He said, this was the power that allowed me to persevere in ministry. Yeah, for y'all's sake, for the sake of the gospel. And in, in chapter number one, beginning in uh, verse 19 and 20, he says, this is the same power, dunamis, dynamite. That it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, y'all. He said, this is the kind of power that I'm talking about. Yeah, he says, through the Holy Spirit, y'all. Oh, man, thank you for the Holy Spirit, yeah. Praise God. See, we don't give the Holy Spirit enough credit Amen. when we talk about it. See, Paul was tough. He's praying to a triune God, right? The Trinity. We said the Father, the Son. And the Holy Spirit, this is the third person in the Trinity, right? And he said, it's the power through the Holy Spirit who enables us, right? To what? To what? What does it say here, y'all? Look at the text. It says, to strengthen the power through the Holy Spirit in our inner, mean, inner, inner man. That's our inner being, our innermost self that makes us who we are. Why, Paul? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Oh, he says that who? That Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, right? Why does Paul say the heart, y'all? Huh? He could have said anything. He says that Christ may dwell in our hearts, right? Well, I tell you why. Because you don't have time. You can write this down. In First Chronicles 28, 9, it says this. Know the God of your father and serve him with a loyal heart and a willing mind. For he searches all hearts and understands every desire and every thought. That's one. But see, the reason why he does that is because uh, in Jeremiah 17 and 9, it says, the heart is deceitful. It's deceitful above all things, desperately wicked. Who can understand the heart? Who can understand it? But then again, on the previous verse in Chronicles, it says that God, he understands the heart. Because he, he, here it is, he searches, he knows our thoughts and our desires. Uh, even as we're sitting here right now, some of us is looking at our watches and say, I can't wait till this brother get done so I can go and watch the coats on TV. Uh, see, here's what he's saying is this. He said, ah, I don't want you to play church. You know, sometimes when kids were growing up, they would play house. But he says, uh-uh, I'm talking about the ones that have been blessed. I'm tired of you. Don't play church. Yeah. And what I mean by that is this. He says, well, when you come into my presence, right, 
when you're serving and when you're singing, right, when you're going out and doing mission trips and you, you're going out and discipling all these things, if your heart, not saying that they're bad things, don't get it twisted, but what he's saying is this, because he already knows our desires in our heart. If our heart is not sold out because his love begins to consume us, what happens? We make this thing about us. We go on through the motion. We can put a check in the box. We can say that I was here on Sunday. Look. But he says, no, no, no. That's not what, that's not what acceptable, right? That's not worship. That's you being comfortable and cozy in yourself. So people can pat you on the back and say, whoa, look at him. Oh, isn't she or he a wonderful saint? Don't they love Jesus? They've been on this many mission trips. They sung these many songs. They went to the homeless shelter and did all these things. But the question is, was our heart into it, y'all? Or did we show up so somebody can just pat us on the back? He said, uh-uh, don't play church. I know the desires of your heart. I know your desires of your thoughts, right? Christ is at home finding comfort and satisfaction only where our hearts are cleansed of sin and filled with the Holy Spirit. Did you hear what I said? Only when our hearts are cleansed with sin. Not saying that we're going to be perfect, right? Sinless. We understand. We still struggle. But I'm still, if I'm still tripping up, still doing the same kind of sins I've been doing, Ah, there's a problem. There's a problem, right? Uh, I was on the, uh, I talked to one of my co-workers, and he was on a business trip a few years ago, and he had to go and visit one of our suppliers, y'all. And this supplier was in New Jersey, okay? And uh, he said he got there late at night, and uh, he was driving to the hotel. And you know how you can be driving, y'all, and all of a sudden, the scenery changed, the neighborhood changed. Now, I don't know what part of New Jersey, because some of y'all might be from New Jersey. That's not my point. All I'm saying is this brother was driving, and all of a sudden he gets to this hotel, Charles, and he's looking at this, this building. He's noticed, he said, wait a minute, something looks crazy. There was barbed wire f- a fence all around the perimeter of the hotel. A hotel? Really? So he said, man, it's so late, but should I go? So he decided to go. So he parked his car, and then he got out. And then he said he was walking towards the desk of the hotel, y'all. And he said the, the attendant at the front desk, he kind of looked at him like, he said, you must not be from around here, are you? And he said, huh? He said, you must not be from around here, are you? He said, no, man, I'm here doing business. He said, I'm going to tell you something. The attendant told him. He said, I'm going to tell you something. He said, Whatever you do, if somebody comes and knocking on your door, hotel door room at the middle of the night, whatever you do, don't let him in. He said, whatever you do, don't let him in. This is the part that got me, y'all. He said, come here. Even if it's me, don't let me in. I'm saying, what? Are you serious? He said, even if it's me, don't let me in. Are you serious? So you can imagine how my co-worker, he couldn't sleep. He had his clothes on, his, his coat, his bag right here on top of the covers. And he couldn't wait to get out the next morning, right? He couldn't wait. 
But when we think about our, our hearts, the home that, that Christ wants to dwell in, right? Is it a welcoming place where he would want to feel comfortable with, y'all? Is it a place that he would say, I'm not just going to come by and stay for a minute, but man, I can see that, man, you're trying and you're striving to live for me. I want to take some time and dwell with you. Huh? Or, or, or is this, just like that hotel room, y'all. He gets in here and he says, oh, my, because of our sin, y'all, because of our Un un ungrateful, being ungracious, right? When we think about the love of Christ and we're ungrateful, his, and we say to him, but without really saying, he says, you know what? I know Paul played, prayed three times for the thorn to be removed, but, but you know what, Lord Jesus, your grace is not sufficient. No, yo, yo, no, because, because in, in, my, 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 my weakness, your power is not perfected. Yeah. I don't appreciate you that much, Lord. I don't, I, I, I miss your grace. Huh? Is some of us walking around right here just showing up and God is pouring out his grace and we miss that. What about bitterness, y'all, and anger that we continue to hold on to? Things that happened back in the day, but we can't let it go. And now it begins to consume us, y'all. He said, Christ, is, it, is that the kind of heart you want me to dwell in? Really? Unforgiveness. I can keep going on and going on. Sometimes we highlight those sins of adultery and sexual murder. That's good. But I'm talking about some of the sins that we can't even see. But God already knows, again, what's in our hearts. And he says this in Romans 5 and 5. He says those, he says, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts how? Through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us, y'all. That's the reason. Holy Spirit now poured out in us, in our hearts, our homes. Yeah, so Christ can dwell richly in us, y'all. But he says how? Through faith. Faith. Don't miss the faith part, right? You can say all this. You can say hoop and holler. But if you don't have faith, if you don't believe God is able to do exactly what he said he can do, you've missed it. What does the Bible say? Faith comes by what? You say it. Yeah. Romans 10, 17. First, faith comes by hearing, Marcellus, hearing the word of God. That's why the psalmist said he treasures the word. He says in Psalm 19, 11, I treasure the word. In my heart. Why? So I won't keep sinning against you. That's why it's so important not to have a cavalier, an occasional dose of the word. But we need to be, I need it's something that I treasure. Not from a distance, but I treasure it in my heart. Because I know through the word, God is teaching me and telling me and showing me how I can live for him, y'all. The problem is the blessed too many people. We try to live this thing on our own understanding. And every now and then I peek at the word, but I really don't have time to really get it in my heart, y'all. And then he says, now do you keep one, now do you know why you keep tripping over the same things? You keep standing on the same beds that you shouldn't be in. You keep doing the same kind. You keep angry and lie, lying. Your tongue is cutting people because your word. You say you love me, 
but my word is far from you. Huh? Treasure, he says. We have to treasure the word in our heart. That's what faith does, y'all. We have to. God is calling us to be faithful. And not just about knowing a series of facts. You know how we can do. We can go and get the word of God and we can quote scripture. Have you ever met somebody like that? They can quote scripture. But you can tell, man, when it comes to the love piece, the show of the love that the scripture tells us to reveal. <laughs> but they walk around. Who did that? It's the Pharisees. They had these long prayers, y'all. They can quote many verses. Yeah. And sometimes we use scripture as a weapon. Yeah. We quote a particular verse, y'all, so we can cut somebody else. But then the question is, you hypocrite? Are you living and loving like that? Or are you just using the word for your own benefit? You said, I'll turn to page 19, but I won't look at the rest of the pages because I want to make a point. Yeah. We can't be, be careful how you get, you know, knowledge without love is nothing. Knowledge without love is nothing, y'all. Yeah. Then the question is this. What happens when Christ lives in our, in our hearts through faith by the power of the Holy Spirit? I'll say it again. What happens when Christ lives in our heart through faith by the, whole, the power of the Holy Spirit? Believers know and experience Christ's love, which surpasses all understanding. That's what's happened. Let's look at the text again, y'all. In the middle of verse number 17, it says this. It says, and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, the length, the height, and depth, and to know the love of Christ, oh, which surpasses all understanding, y'all. That's the point, right? So when we talk about, again, when he talks about understanding, being rooted and grounded in love, that's the foundation, y'all. He says, now, not, 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 not you. you. It's a surface thing. But now the roots go deep because now I'm grounded in love, yeah? When we, when we accepted Christ, the point of conversion, we accepted Christ as our Lord, Lord and Savior. We were saved, y'all. So he's not talking about salvation. But what he's talking about here is that growing, growing deep in our relationship with Christ. He says, not a glimpse, not a, not a, a surface relationship, you know how when we plant stuff and it don't take root? When them storms come, when the storms of life come, what happens to those little plants? They gone. They gone. But right here, he's talking about, no, we have to take root so we can have a deeper, not just knowledge, but an experience with our Christ Jesus, right? That's what he's talking about here. And if you start looking at some of the words that he uses here when he talks about the breadth, the height, the length. What, what does those remind, words remind you? Where else did Paul talk about these kind of words? He used these kind of terms. Huh? You remember Romans? Huh? Chapter 8, who said it? Somebody said Romans chapter 8? Yeah, verses 35 and 39. Oh, yeah, these are the ones that I, I, I have to hold on to, y'all. See, Paul is saying that, look, when you're talking about experience, he said, let, 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 let me explain something to you. He asked the question in verse number 35, y'all. And he's asking us this question right now. He said, look, who can separate us? Who can separate us from the love of Christ, y'all? He says, who can do that? Will it be uh, persecution? 
distress, tribulation. He goes on and goes on and goes on until he gets to verse 39, y'all. And he comes to a logical conclusion. After he looked at the facts, y'all, he says nothing, nothing, nobody, no thing, no enemy, no devil, nothing can separate us, me and you, this morning from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, y'all. And Paul is not just saying something that he doesn't know, y'all. He's saying it because of his experience that he had serving and loving for Jesus, right? Y'all do know Paul's story, don't you? He, he, he was shipwrecked. He was persecuted. He was beaten. They thought he was dead. He's now in prison. But he said, even in all of this, y'all, he said, even all of this in 37, he says, I'm more than a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Yeah, the thing that should have wore him out and defeated him, he says, no. That's his ex personal experience that he had with Christ Jesus, y'all. Let me ask you this this morning. What's your testimony? If you had an opportunity to pin your own story, that's Paul's story. What would you say this morning? Huh? And I know some of y'all looking at me right now. Y'all saying, oh, we're kidding. Because I'm going through some. I don't know if I, I can say it. I can't feel it like it. Can I remind you? What my, let me just tell you my story then. I'll just get excited for you. My relationship back in the day was jacked up. My relationship with my wife, my children. I was on my job. They tried to fire me. People in my life, they ran out on me. People disappointed me. My finance was shaky. I was left to die. But God began to, his son began to love on me, y'all. He began to carry me when I couldn't carry myself, y'all. That's the kind of love that Paul was talking about right here. That's what we've got. We can sit in our chairs right now and kind of go through the motion, but that's the kind of love that should make you run in circles around this church. Stop being cute and let him know how much you love him. If that's the kind of love that you experience. And the cool thing about it is this, y'all. Here's the thing that blows my mind. This is for me, y'all. Thing that blows my mind is this. I have to ask myself, I asked myself this morning, I said, wait a minute, Lord. These people don't really know me. They see me on Sundays, but they don't know me. But Lord, you know my every thought. God, you know my every desire. You know what I'm still struggling with. You know what I'm still battling with. You know the pain that I'm still carrying today. But you would love me. Are you serious? Really? That's why he says this. If you need a definition of what knowledge that surpasses all understanding, that is not that it can't be known. It blows our mind because he would do it for us. He would do it for me. That's why it's hard. That's why it surpasses all understanding, y'all. That's what he's talking about. He wants us, me and you, to know that kind of love, to know him intimately. He says, you were far off. Huh. But he said, I, I brought you near. Oh, what did we do? Yeah. Rooted. Rooted and grounded in love. 
we've had a close encounter with Jesus. And I'm not talking about the movie with the aliens show up and going out of space. I'm talking about the God who restores, the God who rescues, the God who redeems. Close encounter. Then he asked the question, what happens when believers comprehend and experience Christ's love in their hearts through faith in his Holy Spirit? What happens, y'all? What does that look like? And he says that at the end of verse 19. He says this, that you, will, that you may be filled up <laughs> with all the fullness of God. Oh, don't miss it. He says, Paul is coming to a conclusion. He's summarizing his prayer to the Father. He says, all these things are happening. So why? You can be filled up oh, with the fullness of God. Yes, yeah, see, God has saved us. He's redeemed us, y'all, for a divine purpose, y'all. But he says, on your journey towards me, don't worry, because I'm filling you up. I'm filling you up, right? He said, that, that's, that's what I'm doing, right? He says, I'm filling you up, right? Uh, the problem with, with us is that we're running on empty. See, see, real quick, I know my time. See, real quick, me and my friends, we had a, this was years ago, y'all. I wasn't married to my wife, I can say it. Me and my buddies, we had a trip to Chicago trip, so we went to Chicago and hung out. And on the way back from Chicago, we driving 65 South, down 65 South, y'all. And all of a sudden, we trying to get back because I think there was some kind of concert going on later on that night. And all of a sudden, we drive and we speeding, going over the speed limit, I know, trying to get there to our destination. But all of a sudden, <clears throat> Charles, no. My buddies is looking at me. I'm looking at them. And guess what happened, y'all? On the highway, 65 south, no gas. <laughs> Run, we ran out of gas. And here's the crazy thing, Marcella, is that we passed many gas stations trying to get back home to Indianapolis. It wasn't like a gas station wasn't there. And it wasn't like we didn't have no money. We had money in our pocket, but the problem was this. We kept trying to get to our destination, and we were running on fumes, and we didn't even realize it. That's why we ran out of gas stranded on the highway. Kenny, why are you telling me about a Chicago trip? Happened years ago. The problem with some of us today, y'all, I'll just say it. Man, we've been running on fumes. Ah, oh, we running on fumes. And we trying to figure out why can't I get there, God? Why can't I make it? I'm God, here I come, God. And he's saying, look, look at the gas stations. Look at the people. Look at the world. Look at all the things that are placed in front of you. Why do you keep running on fumes when you don't have to? Why? He's trying to understand that, right? But let me encourage somebody right now because I know some people right now are struggling. Yeah, this is a season. I know we come to rejoice. We talked about this. But there's some deep pains, y'all. If we don't talk about that, loss of loved ones, financially, broken relationships, marriage, whatever it may be, 
kids in school and struggling with addictions, whatever thing may be, he says, don't worry. Because of my great love for you through my son, Jesus Christ, you don't have to keep carrying that load any longer. I got you. Let me do it. Let me carry you. See, that's some hope today. If we leave this place the same way and miss him, we'll keep doing the same thing. He said, I saved you. I'm filling you up with me to make you complete. Why, Kenny? So you can love people like I love you. So you can live like I live. So you can reach out to the church, the lost, like I do. That's why I saved you. Huh? And he's not just saying on a Sunday morning when we come together right now. Church is not a building. Solid word, we're more than a name on the wall. Our churches are communities. Our schools, our neighborhoods, our families. He said, that's, the, that's the, the purpose, the mission field that our purpose for you to do today. Start running on fumes. He said, I want real worship, and I won't settle for anything less than that. He says, it's a total devotion. And when we do that, when we meet the conditions of verses 16 through 19, that's what we say, and we like this one right here. In verse number 20, it says, can I say it, y'all? I'm sweating. Can I say it, though? It says, now to him who is able to do more abundantly beyond all that we can ask or think according to the power that now works within us. That's what the, the word says, right? That's what it says. But, but, but can I say it real quick? Do I got time? I know. Can I say it real quick? Don't take that scripture out of context. Mm. You didn't understand what I said before. When the conditions are made from 16 through 19, huh? Oh, Kenny, I forgot the conditions. Oh, okay. When, when the Holy Spirit becomes consuming our hearts and our inner man, and Christ begins to dwell all in us, and we stand rooted and grounded in love, filled up with God to all his fullness, then you can have the abundance more than you can ask or think. Don't miss the conditions, y'all. Then you can have these things. That's what he's saying. He said, slow down. Before you quote and understand what you're saying. He said, you think I'm moving now? Wait till, wait, can, wait till you see what I can do in your ministries, your families. Wait to see. You, you, your prayers are too limited for what I have in store for you. Yeah, why is he doing this, y'all? Why is he doing this for me and for you? Glad you asked. That's verse number 21. All for his glory. Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See, he's doing it at the end of the day. Yeah, he, he loves us. But because of the relationship between the father and the son, that the father gave a peep, gave the people to his son and inherit, so the son can give back to the father. All for his glory, God's glory. That's why it says, to him, God be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus for all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Then he says this, when you meet in the conditions and you're doing not, and you're glorifying me, it brings us to chapter 4, verse number 1. Now, saints, walk in a manner worthy of your calling. 
In other words, this, well, Kenny, what does that look like? Okay, as a body of believers, blacks, whites, whatever that look like, we come together loving each other just like Christ loved you. Husbands and families, when we come together, love on them just as Christ loved you. And in verse number six, chapter number six, even when the devil gets busy and he tries to have, cause problems and havoc in our relationships, he says, you don't have to worry about it. Just keep standing, yeah, with the love of Christ because I've conquered death. That's what he says. Now walk in a worthy, a man of your calling. Amen. 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 But this is just not, how can I do this? I want to encourage some people because I know there's some people right now who's saying, you know, how can I get this love? It's not too late. It's not too late. It's not too late. God wants to pour out this kind of love through his son, Jesus Christ, even for the lost, right? Especially for the lost, right? He wants you, if you don't know Jesus Christ, to have that kind of relationship with him oh, so you can experience that kind of love. Not a love that gets mad, Ricky, when things don't go their way and walk out. He says, uh-uh, this is an eternal love. Yeah, man can't love you like this if you don't have a relationship with Jehovah, the King of Kings. Jehovah's salvation today is the day you can have a relationship. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Father, for reminding me, for reminding us, God, of the great